The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal in studio. And that kind of pains me to say, man, I have loved being on the road out at Zipline in Omaha by TD Ameritrade Park. We were out there last Thursday, the last couple of Mondays. We're hunkered down. I am taking a bit of a breather. Uh, Thursday and Friday for uh, getting ready for Junior State Baseball Tournament. Now, if there's an AD hire, you'll you'll hear from me. But uh, Elijah and Willie J, God bless them, are going to be steering the boat. There's no holes in it. I love it. It's uh, it's nice. And then we'll we'll blink, and it'll be August here. Numbers to get in: four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five. Five eight six five. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and uh, give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Always follow Hale Varsity at Hale Varsity and ESPN Lincoln at ESPN Lincoln on Twitter. On the docket today, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic will talk uh, where Nebraska's headed with that AD search. Get uh, Mitch's take on the events that have that have gone on for a little less than a week. Uh, coming up in Hour 2, uh, Jacob Padilla will be with us. He had a really good sit-down with Coach Dawson. So we'll uh, spend some time on special teams, get Jacob's take on Husker basketball as uh, that schedule is about is out uh, in full force here for Coach Hoiberg and Nebraska basketball and a little NBA with Jacob. And then Rick Kaczynski, uh, we'll talk to Coach Kaz, our Tuesday chat with Kaz. So that is uh, the plan. Elijah, what do you know? How are you? Do you need a, Do you need another uh, copper alt? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't complain about having one, but uh, I, I think my uh, my waistline could use a, a break from uh, from all those heavy beers. I'll get back to my bush light. Okay, <laughs> you're you're fine. You're, you're all good. But yeah, uh, I need to I need to get to the gym or swim or walk or or do something. I need to to dial back and get into the diet mode a little bit here. So I don't have much of an update for you uh, with the athletic director search. Nothing new to pass along, other than you know the the names you hear Pollard or Ed Stewart, and you know I'll, I'll ask this to to probably Jacob and and Mitch, you know, a third name. And I'm just kind of writing it off because I think whenever he's ready to retire from being incredible, he'll do that. And that's John Cook, okay? 
and, and that's a name you've heard, and a guy that could totally do the job, and and I think he's ready for a another title run with the the crew that that can come back, and also this fabulous freshman class. So I think sooner rather than later, John Cook will will capture another national championship, and then, man, if he could talk him in to uh, to staying around town and and leading uh, the uh, the Nebraska athletic administration, that would be incredible. But he's a guy who's absolutely earned retirement. I don't know Coach Cook well enough to know personality wise if he's ready to just go kick it in the mountains or if he needs another challenge. I, I just I just don't. I know people that are close to him, but he has been the the mark of excellence for a lot of years and coaches young and old can absolutely learn from him and take cues in leadership, in development and and winning, right? Uh, training, winning, mindset, all that. So you know time will tell with where things go and and what's a number that's realistic to get Jamie Pollard out of Iowa State. And you look at that that seven hundred to nine hundred thousand dollar window uh, where Pollard's salary kind of hovers. You'd probably need one point five, one point six, one point seven, something like that. You'd probably need to to double down on that. Uh, but if that's the guy you want, who's been really good at Iowa State, and you've seen the football program build and grow because Pollard's been there about 16 years I think uh, Ed seen on the dot on the dot so he, he's had to make a, a couple of football hires right and Paul Rhodes looked good for a little while and then you, you found Matt Campbell <laughs> okay so uh, uh, kudos uh, both hires were good one's been great Ed Stewart I think dude's amazingly qualified and I think Ed Stewart would be a a nice fit for Nebraska because he gets Nebraska, but Ed don't take no BS. None of these guys do, Pollard, Stewart, or Cook. So there you go. The the bigger topic uh, when you bump into people and talk is you know what what's Scott Frost's safety level like, and I don't think there's there's any worry for for 2021. I think you can do. A lot of things, good or bad, but there are ways to show progress. And then we talk 2022. Uh, and I think that is kind of your definer. Now, can you get some momentum in reverse course in a good way in 2021? You can say and do a lot on the field for Nebraska football in 2021. You've got the opportunity to do it. You've got the defense coming back to do it. You've got the quarterback coming back to do it. And you have an offensive line that you, you feel pretty good about. So there's there's an opportunity there to, all right, if, if Vegas is saying 6-6 six and six or FPI saying 6-6, six and six, you know, uh, Bill Moose said 8 or 9. You can find 8 or 9 on the schedule. You can find 8 or 9 on the schedule if they play differently. Right, And the thing that's been problematic for Nebraska and, and Brandon Vogel, if you don't have the Hale Varsity yearbook, get to a Barnes & Noble, uh, check out HaleVarsity.com. Order a subscription, get the yearbook, uh, get the digital goods along with that print uh, subscription, 8553-HUSKER, make it happen. But really awesome, many stories in the yearbook by Brandon Vogel and the crew. 
But Vogue's asks, uh, you know, a great point, or a great question here, and it's the point here. When it comes to Nebraska, this season is about Nebraska. It's about Nebraska not derailing itself. How many times have you heard me say it? I'm probably boring the hell out of you with it, but it's so, so true. It really is about Nebraska not getting in Nebraska's way, and that comes down to, to, to coaching. Can you coach that out of of a team that's that's prone that's too mis- mistake prone and i want to ask this is there a game on the schedule that is going to be your barometer and and i guess i should start with interest level i don't i'm not going to make a a broad judgment that based on big red blitz attendance that you're checked out of football i don't think that's ever the case i do think you are as a fan, it's totally okay in a, in a big-time wait-and-see because the last year has forced you to find something else to do because you were unable to physically go. So what what is your attentiveness level? Well, I think you'll be real interested in, in week zero. How do things go against Illinois? You'll crank back up for Oklahoma, assuming things are okay at 3-0. and <laughs> And then you'll make a, a snap judgment after Oklahoma you know, where this team's at. And then you have the rest of the season with some really intriguing games, some fun games, some fun opportunities for Nebraska. So when it comes to circling that one game, what's going to be, is there a, a one game barometer for you that will either allow you to, to make a, a snap judgment or a season long judgment based on one game? Now, teams that are good, and well-coached and talented, you can stumble. You can get hit in the mouth, but you got to respond, and you need to get better as, as the year goes on. And you've seen that happen in year one, and then you've seen the team kind of fade, uh, and then you've seen the team be inconsistent, a win here, a loss there, a win here, a, a loss there. And as far as stacking three wins consecutively, that hasn't happened. That needs to happen this year. So is as much as I want to say this Oklahoma game will tell me a lot about Nebraska, and they need to be competitive in it, absolutely. If you get drilled by 17, so be it. Oklahoma's a playoff team, but you better go toe-to-toe with them for four quarters. I'm going to go back to Illinois, honestly. New coaching staff, transition at Illinois, you're the you're you're the, you're the spotlight game in college football to kick things off. You're you're up in Champaign. You'll have a lot of Nebraska fans up there. To me, if they can go out and just kick ass and maul Illinois and be the more talented team and do what they want to do offensively, get aggressive defensively, that will be my barometer because it can completely go the other way. You drop that first game. It's sky is falling, interest and intensity from the fan base in the season uh, goes back down, not to zero, but it's hovering above, all right, is there a pulse? All right, because you, you can't start 0-1. You can't start out of the gate like that. That's, that's my honest take. How's the season going to go? How do you look? How prepped are you? How dialed in are you? How good are you going to be week one? You can get better. You can make a jump week one to week two, totally. You can ramp up momentum-wise and and get uh, high level against Oklahoma. 
but I've got I've got a few games circled. But I'm going to say Illinois. That'll be my barometer. I know it's week one, but that's going to going to really paint the picture for me of of how this team can be. Can you get it handled week one, week zero, out of the gate against this team? And can you can you hand a beating down? You have the talent to do it. I think uh, the Michigan State game. It's a road game after Oklahoma, Elijah. Assuming you go into Oklahoma. Three and one. I think the Oklahoma game is very telling as well. And as we get into the rest of the season, I think Michigan at home. There's a lot of candidates. I think Michigan at home is a gettable game and can be big time momentum for you as you as you creep into that November finish. I think Northwestern, the the one in between Michigan State and Michigan, that could be your barometer game because we've seen it's always right under Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, we know these are always close games, but we know that Northwestern is coached in a way that they don't beat themselves. And if you make any attempt to beat yourself in the field, they will take advantage <laughs> of it you and kindly. they will beat you. Yes, exactly. They will thank you for making that mistake, allowing them to win the game so you have to play a clean game against Northwestern and from what we've seen the past two three years the talent is there from Nebraska to go win games or is it enough talent to go win the Big Ten probably not but it's enough talent to at least make it to a bowl game to it's go enough talent six to six get to a conference it's enough talent to get to a conference title game if Northwestern did two of the last three years that's what I'm saying and so if you can go out and beat that Northwestern team it doesn't matter if it's pretty or not all that matters is the dub at the end of the day if you can get that win that means that you have beat a very well coached and sound Northwestern team and I think that's the the key to getting this thing on the right path because that that's where Nebraska has been shooting themselves in the foot the past couple years is special teams making mistakes turnovers all these things that uh, of beating themselves so if you can go beat Northwestern I think that just shows you probably didn't beat yourself a couple of tweets are in at Schmidt underscore radio one from Nick Nick's asking about Trev Alberts is Trev a candidate for AD seems like he's been groomed for the position I look at Trev Alberts this way and, and Trev's done uh, a nice job at UNO when it comes to furthering hockey, when it comes to getting basketball to D1. And you have some folks, and I don't know if it's the vocal minority or if it's a larger feel, but you, you still have the, the football and wrestling fans that are angry, and you'll never, they'll, they'll never forgive nor forget what, what happened there. Not just that it happened, but how it happened. So I, I get that, and that's 10, 11 years ago. I think Trev would be a really good AD. I, I think Trev might be comfortable having his legacy at UNO. I mean, he's worked hard. He is entrenched up there. It's not that he couldn't do it or wouldn't be a good name, but there's been, there's been openings and opportunity for Alberts. I mean, think of the athletic directors Nebraska has been through since Alberts has been at, at UNO. If he was going to get it, would he have gotten it already? Is my is my question. So Trev might be all good to just kind of do his thing. He's early fifties right now, and and just stay at UNO and keep growing that and build that legacy. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, personally, he he's done himself well at UNO. Um, he's kept their athletic department afloat. Um, I, I think he's got. I mean, you want to talk about needing like. Uh, Fourteen fire engines to put that fire out when he got there. Exactly, he turned it around, got them financially stable. Um, I think he's got job security because of that, and not to mention he already has a legacy that he's built at Nebraska through his playing career. So why would you risk going and tarnishing your own legacy at the at the place where you are a legend? Do you want to come back and and walk into this mess? Exactly. I mean that that's the question. If you're Trev, uh, another tweet is in from Ben. 
Would the installation of Ed Stewart as AD be a stepping stone or him moving on to Big Ten commissioner? Could this, uh, could this, could NU ploy help uh, Nebraska have a coup of the Big Ten? Ben, I'm, try- I'm trying to read through that. You know, I mean, Ed Stewart, one of the reasons he may have been at the Big 12 office as long as he's been there is, is maybe he's waiting for Bowlesby to retire. Uh, if you're deputy commissioner for football operations for a decade plus, I'm sure you've had other offers and you've been patiently waiting for uh, for the guy to move on. <laughs> I don't know Bowlesby's timeline. But yeah, I, I don't know if you're asking if Ed Stewart at Nebraska would be a long-term thing. You'd hope it would be. But Ed Stewart's got, got enough resume to, to get phone calls from from conferences to be a conference commissioner, including the Big 12. Mitch Sherman's next detail varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Just spending time, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So you had Chancellor Ronnie Green uh, sat down with the World Herald. We'll have some excerpts from that. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. On Twitter is where you find him. Mitch, any breaking news today? How are you? There you are, Chris. All I heard was your music, but I think you asked me how, how I'm doing. And, I, I did, uh, and is there any breaking news today? <laughs> um, it depends on your definition of breaking news. No, I, I don't. If nothing, nothing, uh, nothing yet. Nothing no one, too, no one left too for a ranch. No one left for a ranch today. <laughs> well, I think that already happened a few days ago. I but, know, no one knew. Is my point? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, no. No. Everything's intact. Uh, as we speak. Well, thanks for spending a few minutes. Your take, your reaction to uh, to Moose's departure, and uh, what's his legacy? Well, it was abrupt. That's the word. That's the the word I continue to use as every time I've written about this. I've just stuck with the word abrupt because it's 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 um it's different than surprising. It's different than unexpected. It's different than shocking. So uh, it's really the only way I, I can describe it. Didn't, I didn't um, expect uh, early last week or even in the middle of last week to be spending my Friday uh, pondering the future of Nebraska athletics and what it meant for football to now have an open AD seat. So from that standpoint, it was surprising. Um, his legacy, um, I mean, you you take it, I think, entirely on everything that we can see and everything that is out there in public. And the athletic director's job at the end of the day is to make hires and to move the department forward. Um, his legacy in that way is going to be one that is written still by the success that Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg have in the years to come made a good hire. That's already proven to be uh, proven to be a winner with Will Bolt. He was in charge of the department when Nebraska broke ground on the facility that you see under construction on the Northeast side of Memorial Memorial stadium. It will be an imprint, the home of Nebraska football for 
decades to come, it would seem, and and at the very top uh, of facilities around the country. So if you're the athletic director who gets that thing to happen, then that is that is important for your legacy. It is it is um, you know a part of a of a winning formula. Um, so all you know all of those things are positives for Bill Moose mm-hmm. in, in in what he did. Um, and uh, you know he he leaves Nebraska um, having brought the people to Lincoln to coach the team the important teams at, at the school uh, that I would say the vast majority of the fan base wanted him to hire. There was no question about who Moose was supposed to go get as the football coach. There was no question about who was the the top possibility. You know, maybe even the 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 seemingly unattainable candidate to go get as a basketball coach. And he went and got that guy too. So um, those are the things that you're going to judge an athletic director by at the end of the day. And in all of those areas, uh, he did what people wanted him to do. Mitch, what was your read on the the Moose-Frost relationship before all of these events transpired? I think it was okay. I think it was good. Yeah. Still? Yeah, I think it's always been good. I, I, I think that... Um, you know, Moose has been an athletic director who has given his coaches the things that they need to succeed. And there was talk uh, with the previous athletic director, um, Sean Eichhorst, especially with basketball, that he didn't give his coaches always what they needed to succeed. And Moose came in, and that was that was uh, a directive, I think, from above him, is give give these guys the tools and the resources that they need to win. Uh, and and he did that. And and he was a he was a coach's ad. He, he was there um, to provide for them. Um, and, you know, he could be a sounding board, but, but he let Scott do his job in the three and a half years that they were together. So as a coach, I think that's, that's the number one thing you can ask for from your boss is to let him do his job. And he absolutely did that in addition to providing him with the resources that he needed to win. So he put Scott Frost in a good position all of the time, I would say. I don't know of an instance where Bill Moose didn't put Scott Frost in a, a favorable position. Um, you know, there, of course, are, um, you know, there, there, there are conversations about what Moose didn't do right. You know, why he didn't get to choose his date, uh, why he didn't get to pick his ending. And, you know, a lot of those involve uh, being somewhat absent, uh, not being around things as much as some would hope for an athletic director but i don't think any of what he did in in that in that area um was a setback or or made things difficult for scott frost so um i I, every every observation i had of their relationship personally and professionally was was one that um that was that was solid Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you follow him. So, Mitch, let's go to to the names, and there's been a a lot of names out there. And Mm -hmm. what is your take on on a name like Jamie Pollard from Iowa State? What do you know about him? And what's – my question is this, looking at Nebraska and the revolving door that's been the athletic director – you know what's what's a what's a number? I'm going to slide across to you, Mitch. If we're role playing here, it's going to make you feel comfortable. I I know Iowa State's always found ways to make really good hires and have good coaches, and then have to do it over again. Be it coordinator or head coach, 
uh, in a lot of instances where because someone will come pluck them, right? Someone's already got a bigger wallet than whoever's in yeah. aim. So what's what's a, what's a financial number, and what would make a guy like Jamie Pollard say yes to Nebraska? Well, I don't know if it's all about money. Um, I mean, it's a huge part of it, but I think he would have to, or any athlete, any any sitting athletic director who's in a good spot like he is at Iowa State with a football program that is at about its peak um, and, you know, new facilities set to open and so much progress made throughout the department in, in recent years. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he, he's, he's viewed as a, as a, a home run um, hire for, you know, wh- whoever would, would go pluck him from Iowa State. So, um, you know, I, I think he would have to look at the situation at Nebraska and get a lot of assurances that um, it's not going to continue in the same cycle that we've seen. There have been four athletic directors hired at Nebraska since Bill Byrne left for Texas A&M. And you can argue that the, the defining moment for each one of those four was firing a football coach. Uh, two of them fired a football coach a month or, or a month and a few weeks after they came on board. Uh, Tom Osborne as an interim athletic director who then turned into a full-time AD mm-hmm. um, and um, – and then Bill Moose with the, with uh, Mike Riley, um, and then the other two, Sean Eichhorst, um, and uh, who am I who am I missing? Stevie, the other two Stevie P. Steve, Steve Peterson. Yes, we mentioned him. <laughs> um, you know they made they made those decisions to fire coaches a couple years into their tenure. So it's it's as I wrote on Friday, uh, this whole thing has just been a vicious cycle. And as an outside candidate, if you're looking at Nebraska as a, as a place to go, uh, you, you know, I, I would not want to become the next guy in that vicious cycle. So I would think you would need some assurances to, um, you know, why it's going to be different this time. Um, I don't honestly see it. I don't see it with, with Pollard. Um, I think, it, I think Nebraska, if, if um, it wanted to make a run at him, uh, would certainly offer more money than any AD at the school has earned. So you'd be looking at one and a half million, you know, maybe even for a guy like him with, with that kind of experience and that kind of track record, one, seven, five, two million. That's, that's a lot for an AD. Bill Moose was making 1.15. Um, so that's a pretty big jump, but it might be what it would take to get somebody like that interested. But um, I, I really don't, see it not to say that it's impossible but uh i I look at his situation right now right now with matt campbell and you know what they have on the horizon and it would surprise me if if they were if nebraska was able to to make that move talking with mitch sherman of the athletic here on hail varsity radio and and mitch do you have a read on what qualities or characteristics nebraska is looking for in the next ad i mean when when you talk to fans it's someone who's going to stick around for a while someone who's got uh, a connection to to the state but but do you know from the athletic department's point of view are are those qualities they're looking for as well or are they looking for something completely different well not speaking about with with any specific knowledge of of i mean this is a decision that that ronnie green and uh, is going to come to, um, you know, I know Ronnie did meet today. He's going to seek input from people in the athletic department. He did meet today with the head coaches. He met today with senior staff at Nebraska. So he, you know, he wants to know what people there want. And I do, I do think that's really important. And that's, that's a great first step to building confidence and building trust and, 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 and having faith from the people who the new AD is going to, um, is going to preside over that, uh, that his boss, the chancellor, made this decision with the with the 
input of athletic department employees and head coaches in mind. So that's great. And that's not always been something that's been done in the past at Nebraska in hiring an athletic director. So credit to Ronnie Green for doing that. From his perspective, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he wants longevity. I don't think, you know, they're not going to – sometimes you, you just tend to, to do kind of the opposite thing in hires that you had last time, and we've seen that a lot with the uh, – um, the, the the football coaches and the and the, the type of coaches who are hired at Nebraska and, and it's there's been some of it with the ads also and not not as much um, but I think in this case after Bill Moose who came in at uh, 66 years old and and is going out at 70 I, I think this this next hire for Nebraska is going to be somebody who can be here for a while and you never know how long somebody will stay and what's what's going to come up but you know I think both from an age point of view and also you know how you would gauge their potential loyalty to nebraska um, i think both of those things are are going to be taken into consideration and and ronnie uh chancellor green wants to hire somebody that who, who can who can be in lincoln in charge of the department for um more than you know three four five years which is which has kind of been the the track record for uh the last several athletic directors mitch about 15 seconds bud do you have a timeline with the hire, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go go into July now. I mean, originally, right at the beginning, um, I thought there was a chance that it could happen fast. But uh, and this is such an important time. You know, you got name, image, and likeness kicking off on Thursday, so there's there's urgency from that perspective. But Nebraska's in good position as an athletic department to be able to handle the start of that. Um, and the important thing is to hire the right guy. So I, I think it's gonna be, uh, um, you know, well into July. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch, awesome work. Thanks for your time and input today, bud. Okay, good to talk to you. Thanks, right, Chris. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us on Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. That's good stuff from Mitch Sherman, his perspective on Jamie Pollard, a name that is out there for the AD opening at Nebraska. Check that out if you want, ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand section, and uh, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. We'll have that uh, full interview with Mitch posted. 20 minutes away from Jacob Padilla, his take uh, away on his sit-down on special teams with Coach Dawson and some Oscar Hoopsons with Jacob, Coach Rick Kaczynski. Coming up uh, in the second hour, 466-377-76800-825-5865 to chime in. And uh, Ronnie Green had an extensive sit-down with the Omaha World Herald and uh, Sam McEwen. And uh, the, the right leader, we need the right leader. That's the, the headline, that's the quote from Ronnie Green. And here's the update per their chat the World Herald's chat with Ronnie Green. So Green's uh, leading this search for the new AD, of course. And uh, per the story, he has not interviewed any potential candidates or offered the job to anybody anybody as of today. Uh, And from a timeline standpoint, the hiring for the replacement of the Moose, a matter of weeks or uh, by the end of July, is kind of that window here. And uh, they've been very confident about saying, we're going to hire the right person. I want leadership in place. You can't rush this. What's the old saying? 
be quick, but don't hurry. <laughs> right? You get a screaming ground ball hit to you at third. Be quick, but don't hurry. Get your footwork down. Fire that bastard over to first and make sure it's in time. <laughs> so you need a strong representative, someone that's a veteran. Uh, and the thing about this is money. Let's talk money for a minute. Green's open to in-house candidates while conducting a national search. All qualified and high-talented participants and applicants. And when it comes to salary, Moose was making one point one five. Mitch alluded to it. If if we're talking about Pollard, who's you said seven hundred yesterday, seven seven hundred, probably with bonuses maybe to nine hundred. Like if Iowa State's knocking on a playoff. I'm sure the AD's got a little gravy coming his way, uh, I, w- I would think. So right now, Iowa State always, because of their budget, they, they've always just done more with less when it comes to finding the right talent and and hiring at, within their budget. So an AD is between, an AD like, like Pollard, who's been very successful, has been under a million. It's been under 800,000. You're going to have to double that. Would doubling his number be enough to pull him away? Mitch made some great arguments as to why he doesn't see Pollard as as the guy, the next guy in Lincoln as athletic director. And it, it's more than just the money part. Like what you built in 16 years where, dude, Iowa State's on the verge of a Big 12 championship and, and they're going to start the season in a top 10 ranking. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you've got Coach Campbell. And you've been able to keep Coach Campbell, which is nuts. Now, his buyout was insane. But still, that's that's impressive here. Um, so, when it comes to, to salary, Green is quoted to the World Herald saying, we're willing to pay what the talent we need to bring will require. It's well put. We're willing to pay what the talent we need will require. So he's, did he just say like a whole bunch of nothing in this this interview? Because that's what I'm getting. Oh, no, we haven't interviewed anybody. We haven't offered the job to anybody. Hey, what, we what we do don't you, have what a do price you, range. What do you believe? I believe they've got a price range. They, they, there's got to be some feelers. You had, a, you had a search for. So technically speaking, technically speaking, if Nebraska's got a search firm for their next AD, then Ronnie's not pulling anyone's chain here. He probably hasn't put a number out there. He probably hasn't interviewed anybody. But doesn't mean a search firm hasn't. I, You know what? I have had no contact with uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, says former Miami Dolphins head coach. <laughs> but I guarantee you the search the search firm or... His agent did. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or agent or somebody. You're not lying or skirting the truth because someone's getting paid to handle all the middleman work. I mean, this sounds like the politest way of telling the Omaha World Herald, we're not going to tell you anything. That's what this seems like we'll to me. We'll grant you the interview, but... Yeah, but, but you're not going to hear anything. Because I think it'd be ridiculous if you're to day, what, four in this search? I know there's a weekend in there, but if you're to this point and you really haven't reached out to anybody, I, I think he's careful in saying we haven't interviewed anybody. I think it would be ridiculous to think that they haven't reached out and talked to people, engaged interests, and said this is what we're looking for. You know who's at least warm to your position weeks before you tell the moose to pack his office on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
You're not. I pray that you're not going Steve Peterson, where it's Saturday night and you don't have anyone locked in for an interview, and let alone the next coach. <laughs> that was forty days. Moses wandered in the desert for forty days. The same amount of time it took Nebraska to find Solich's replacement. Wasn't it forty years? I was thinking, okay, wrong Bible story. Yeah, there was there was the temptations. Forty yeah, days, Jesus. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're okay. Forty years, forty days. It felt like forty years, Elijah. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite soccer team's in the midst of a coaching search, and it's been, I think, three months now. What's, so. Ted, what's Ted Lasso doing? I mean, I think he's still coaching. What, what, what was the team? Was it? I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched season two yet. Uh, is it out yet? I think June twenty third is when it came out. Ooh, yeah. my, that was a good first season was amazing. It was good. Back but, to football. Yeah, back to back to football. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from this Ronnie Green interview because I don't want to say he's not being truthful, but he's definitely not being forthcoming. No, you, you can't spill your beans publicly with. Yeah, let's uh, let's see what's happening here. What do you guys think? You know, you, you got to keep your cards close to the vest while being accessible. You got you got to dance. You got to dance a little bit. You got to be James Brown a little bit here with with the questions. It's a good answer on the salary. Can't go. You can't scrimp. You can't go cheap. And I'm good with that. Uh, the The thing that that Ronnie wants too is to attract uh, diverse candidates for the job. Um, that's that's important. I hope uh, we can increase the diversity of our administration team in athletics. So there's there's that. I. We'll know. We'll know here. I would think end of July. You think, you think that long? No, I, I think I think before. I think before next weekend. I'm saying two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. I'm saying next. I have no inside information on this, but you get through the Fourth of July. You have a burger. You have a brat. You get a little pool time. You watch some things go bang. You get into next week. I, I mean, I think I think end of next week maybe. I mean, we, we heard Mitch say that Ronnie Green went and met with the coaches today. I don't think you go meet with the coaches unless you have a, a pretty small short list of guys here's that you were floating out Here's to them. what you're thinking, what's your take. Exactly. Objections, what do you think? Can we get your input? We'd love your input. This is the main guy we got right now. We also have another guy we're talking to. Uh, we want to get your opinions on both of them. You don't go to those coaches unless you can, have can a Can you lean on John Cook for us? <laughs> Everybody, lean on John Cook. Hey. It's a nice office. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla. Coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, email chris at halevarsity.com. Numbers to get in, 466 Seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Reminder about buckling up. There's over fifteen hundred crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed or high, never acceptable. And law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before any more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Elijah's on the phone with uh, somebody. 
Baijiu, who are you talking to? You got a, you got a caller here that's, um, how do I put it, trying to sell you something? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The invisible fence, Elijah Herbal. Bless his heart. Busy night uh, in the world of sports. Uh, you've got uh, some NBA action. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla on that. Bucks or Hawks, minus six and a half. Milwaukee, that's the number. You've got uh, the Clippers. Ty Lue's number in elimination games, now 12 and 2, as Phoenix able to have a shot at, at, at closing that thing out. And now the series is at 3 to 2. There's your update. You can just tell me who's a, who it is. Are you are you setting me up for an ambush here? No, no, no. We, we do have John on the line though. Oh, you are. No, I'm John. Not. What's up? Good to talk with you. Well, my question is, I think we need to know what happened in the last hiring. Like, do a white paper and look at everybody involved in hiring the athletic director and hiring our coaches since the athletic director came in. But also, your station and other stations have said the regents have been caught blindsided. Why were they caught blindsided? Did they need to go in and do an investigation on their own besides letting the fox take care of the chicken coop? So you want all hands on deck, John, with a, a thorough dive into the program and investigation? Yes, and I would like to know once they make a decision – what is the salaries? What are the incentives? What are the bonuses? That'll be that'll uh, all be made public. What, who do you want as AD, John? What? Who do I'm you sorry. want as AD? I don't know. I really don't. I think the things you were talking about, longevity, stability, personality that gets along. I know uh, when uh, we had the athletic director that came in and then left for Texas, he was not very popular with the people. I knew people that were administrators that were retired that volunteered and, you know, worked there with Bill Burns. So I think it's very important that you have the ability not only with the fans, the players, and the coaches. And I want somebody, uh, you know, we had a coach that was really likable but couldn't coach Bill Riley. Everybody liked him, but he was sort of like uh, Mr. Rogers. Well, so I think compatibility and I think being able to get along with everybody and to be there. John, I'm with you. I think that the transparency would be important. John, be good. Have a good fourth, brother. Thanks for listening. Hey, you take care. All right. Jacob Bedell is coming up. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Hour two at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll check in with Coach Kaczynski here in about 20 minutes. We welcome in with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, Jacob Padilla at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter is where you find him. Jacob, how's uh, how's the week been? How are you, man? Good to spend some time. Yeah, good. Just, uh, just getting back to Omaha from the, the last day of the, the Lincoln Summer League. So 
full uh, full month of hoops. Jacob, do we have you still? Yeah, you hear me? Okay, we got you now. You, 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 you trailed off there, but so a full month of hoops. Some impressions from the Lincoln Summer League before we dive into some some Husker talk. Yeah, um, just kind of it's good to get a feel for a lot of the different Lincoln teams. Um, it's cool that, that we've got this league now for both the Lincoln teams and area teams like Auburn and Wahoo to, to come out to and North Bend Central and teams like that to kind of get a look at some different competition and um, today, I think, got, got to see a game that was, was pro- that might be two of the, arguably the two best teams in Lincoln this year with, with Pius and Southwest uh, facing off. And even without uh, Ryland Smith, who's still out for a couple more weeks, um, Southwest was able to take Pius right down to the, to, to the wire, but Pius pulled it out. So, again, I think uh, Lincoln basketball has um, got a chance to, get to, to put some some good competitive teams out there and with those two probably at the top. You know, and, and you know the, the Metro really, really well, and uh, you've had Omaha basketball at a certain level, and they've been cutting the nets down at Devaney for, well, or PBA, I mean, pick your, pick your location <laughs> for a while uh, when it comes to boys' high school basketball. But do you see the, uh, the Lincoln and region just 50 miles away making a, a bit of a run? I mean, has, has the talent level jumped here in the last couple of years? Yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of um, you don't have guys like Chucky Hepburn and Hunter Salas in the Metro anymore, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit of the Metro coming back to the pack a little bit. Uh, I mean, the best player in the state is going to be out in Grand Island this year, most likely, so um, you do have Jason Green at Miller North still, but um, I think this combination of losing a lot of the talent um, in this last class, especially that was really good in the Metro, you saw that Miller North, Bellevue West, and Creighton Prep, by far the three best teams in the state last year. Um, and they, they lost a lot of their pieces. So um, I, I think Lincoln's definitely making some progress. Uh, we're, we're seeing some teams that I think more depth, like Lincoln East, I think, um, has more depth than they did a year ago. you got some, some sophomores and juniors that I think are more ready to make an impact at the varsity level than they were a year ago. Um, you've got North Star, who's got um, some really good young talent that hopefully is kind of getting ready to take a leap like that and other teams like that. So it's continuing to get better. You've got, again, this the, the Connect Sports Complex is a great place for kids to, to go and work out and kind of have that, that, that easy location. you got guys like Thomas Villianco and others down there in the city helping kids get better. So um, I, I definitely think it's continuing to get better for sure. Jacob Badilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, we'll get into uh, your sit-down uh, with Coach uh, Dawson and special teams in a moment. I want your read on on a name that, that does come up for the AD opening, and it's more of a wish. Maybe it can be a reality. I don't know. You'd have to talk him into it. But what what does uh, how does athletic director John Cook sound to you? Is it a pipe dream, or could it be a reality? I just don't know if he's ready to walk away from coaching, especially with what he's got coming back, the talent he's got coming into the program right now, obviously he's still kind of got that that fire, I think, within him to coach. So um, I think ultimately if he decides that's something that he'd be interested in, he'd probably he'd definitely be well-respected around uh, those parts down Lincoln. I think um, he, uh, he'd certainly know uh, a thing or two about leadership. It's just the question of 
is he ready to make that transition in his life right now? And I ha- haven't talked to him since the end of the season, so I don't, don't necessarily know um, where he is in that right now. But um, I guess I probably would be a little bit surprised um, if that's the, the, the route they end up going. But, um, I mean, I guess none of us know exactly what's going on in his head right now. Jacob, let's uh, switch gears and, and talk special teams. You, you had a chance to get caught up with Coach Dawson. And, you know, what were some things you were interested in finding out? And, you know, what was the, uh, what was the feel, man? What was the, the conversation like here as Nebraska's third phase needs to be uh, at an ultra-high level this year? Yeah, um, just wasn't a whole lot of specifics that he didn't really kind of want to get into naming anybody uh, in particular or, uh, like I said, speaking in specifics. But um, I think kind of the, the overall message is they're just kind of really hammering home the fundamentals and starting from that um, kind of that foundation, building up that foundation where everybody is in the right place. You've got the right players in, in the right roles. And then hopefully kind of um, con- continued emphasis on that will lead to the the improvement that they need. Um, we kind of just looking through the numbers that they're really bad across the the board for most categories. I think punt return was their best, and but that was a, a limited sample size. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt did well, but didn't get a return many. And almost every other uh, outside of the field goals, they were solid. Obviously, with Big Ten kicker of the year, but even that Connor Colt, uh, a lot of his kicks were, were short kicks last year. So. Um, adding a little bit more range, I think, would make um, th- that area of the game even better. And that's kind of, he mentioned, yeah, even though we got Connor coming back, um, still looking at these other guys that push him. They got a lot, of, a lot of other kickers in that room now. And I think he's looking for maybe somebody to take that kickoff job away from Cole. And he mentioned sometimes uh, it, it's uh, a lot of times they'll find a guy that, whether it be a punter, or a guy that's more of a kickoff specialist necessarily than a really accurate field goal kicker. So they're kind of looking at all those different avenues to try to, to find a solution there because the kickoff, uh, kickoff coverage, kickoff themselves is probably one of the biggest areas um, where they can make a sizable leap that would have a huge impact on uh, the overall record next year. Jacob, any explanation as to, to why they were so bad, 99th or worse? in five of seven categories. We're talking brutal net field position, uh, bad in kickoff return efficiency, really bad in, in, in kickoff efficiency. And when it comes to punting efficiency, they were, uh, they were well above the century mark. And, and Dawson's a good coach. Okay, He's a really good coach. He's done it at a high level at Boston College. He's been in the NFL. Is it just kind of come down to emphasis from the top? If, if the, the players on special teams look at it as an opportunity versus a punishment, is, that, is it a mindset thing versus an ability thing? Well, I think that that's part of it. And also it is finding the right guys for the right roles. Uh, like I said, the kickoff, that's not Colt's specialty. He struggles to get it in the end zone. Um, and uh, that, that's one area. Again, in punting, uh, they, they struggled last year uh, as a punting unit. And Hopefully, with uh, Daniel Cherney getting healthy, maybe that's the solution there. You find the right guy, and it makes all the difference. Um, so it, it starts with the guys you have in those spots. 
And I said, Cam Taylor Britt did pretty well as a punt returner in the limited opportunities that he got. But it wasn't like they blocked super well where he had a lot of fair catches and stuff, um, where the, the other team was on him as soon as he caught the ball so he didn't get a chance to return. So um, I think a lot of that is whether the, the blocking and the coverage, that's all about um, effort and attention to detail, and maybe that's kind of where the emphasis does come in that you're talking about there. But the other part of it is finding the right returners, finding the right guys uh, in the specialist spots um, that are able to, to get the job done the way they want them to. Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, with the amount of returning experience the Huskers have on places like uh, the, def- the defense, the offensive line, at quarterback, do you think that that'll leave openings for some of the guys who've been playing for a couple years on special teams to stay on special teams and, and keep improving? And, and also, do you think it'll give the, the Husker coaching staff more time and practice to focus on special teams if they don't have to drill in with uh, new guys that are going to be in the starting lineup? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that, and we've already seen kind of the, the change they made in spring ball with their practices where they're leading off with special teams and spending more time on them. And now with Dawson as the uh, coordinator, he was able to be kind of more hands-on during those practice sessions um, as opposed to having to kind of relay the information from Jonathan Rutledge last year as an analyst. So um, they are starting to make some of those changes. We'll, we'll see that that's kind of always the, um, the, the trick there is what's the sweet spot between having starters on special teams and not overworking those guys and giving kind of some younger guys a chance to get on the field and contribute. So um, I think that's something that uh, Dawson mentioned. He's going to continue to see how guys perform throughout fall practices leading into fall camp, um, kind of see which guys are uh, emerging for those different spots um, because they, they've got a lot of options between kind of the, the walk-ons that have been here for a couple of years that – are probably more athletic than your typical walk-on. You've got some veterans, guys like how, how much does Cam Taylor Britt play on special teams? He mentioned he doesn't want to come off the field, but the coaches also have to be smart with one of your best players. Um, so that's another conversation. How many uh, of those starting DBs are, are on special teams full-time? How many of those linebackers are out there versus um, getting maybe some of the second-unit guys there a chance to spell those starters and get out there and kind of gain some experience. So that's all, the, that's all the stuff that Dawson and kind of the guys helping him out will have to sort through uh, before the season kicks off. Jacob, a thought on Alante Brown. You did a film study on him. Where, where can he help? What, what areas can he thrive offensively for Nebraska? Yeah, it's kind of interesting just kind of looking through it. They used him basically in every different type of way. You saw him lighting up on the line of scrimmage as kind of the receiver, uh, receiver off the line of coverage a little bit. Um, as the X, and then uh, they put him in the slot or a couple snaps here or there. They used him on a jet sweep, uh, had a nice little run there. He, he really does have some nice speed, and kind of on one of his big catches, he made a really nice move after the catch to make the first defender miss. So um, the ability is definitely there. Uh, he, unfortunately, he did, he did uh, enroll early last year, but obviously the spring was kind of wiped away from him. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't able to get kind of quite the head start that he was hoping for last year. So now that he's got a full season under his belt, hopefully he'll uh, kind of have a better feel for the playbook and kind of his role and, and what he needs to do when he's out there to, to see a few more balls come his way because he's clearly got the athletic ability and the football ability, I think, to be a good part of this receiving core. It's just a matter of how ready is he to be a consistent playmaker right now. 
Jacob, uh, before we let you get, uh, get out of here, I, I want to ask you about uh, some basketball questions, and the first one being Delano Banton. He was at the NBA Combine. Uh, sounds like he, he had a pretty good week. Do you have a read on which way he's leaning? I, I think he is still eligible to come back to Nebraska if he so chooses, correct? Correct, yeah. He signed with an agent, but it was one of the NCAA certified ones. So um, if he wants to come back, he's got up until July 7th to make that decision and um, retain his college eligibility. So I, I'm still kind of leaning um, that he does come back, but we're starting to see here a little bit more buzz. Um, I, it, it sounds like he did even he did, uh, perform really well in the, uh, the pro day they had up there in Chicago. Um, I think he showed some good things, but I don't know that he necessarily killed it in the, the, the G League uh, elite camp that was leading into the combine. He didn't get an invite to the combine there, which um, isn't a great sign if you're hoping to get drafted or one of those priority kind of undrafted free agent signings. But I think he is kind of a unique player that is catching people's eyes with what he's doing up there. So um, I, I guess I'd still probably lean towards him coming back, but um, I think he's probably helped himself in terms of what he's shown these the, the scouts this week. Jacob, your thoughts on the non-conference for Nebraska? You, you've got uh, NC State. You've got the uh, the Halloween uh, exhibition against Colorado. Uh, Auburn, a neutral side. Of course, Creighton, third game of the year. I hate it that it's that early. And then, of course, Kansas State. <laughs> so is, is Fred's non-conference a good sign that, hey, this team could be, be pretty good early? Yeah, it is interesting to see um, more of those kind of high majors on the non-conference schedule because outside of those uh, kind of the, the conference mandated mm-hmm. challenges, we haven't seen a whole lot of that um, in the first couple of years. And that's just kind of um, <laughs> with what we've seen, that was probably a wise decision as they try to get this thing off the ground. But I think adding that can I mean, the Kansas state that deal was supposed to start last year. Mm-hmm. So it's good to kind of finally get that in there. Kansas state's on some hard times as well right now. Um, they have not been particularly good. Uh, Auburn has though, um, and they've had, and they should be good again next year. So that'll be a really nice test. And Crane will be young, but they're going to have some talent. So there, there's enough teams on there to challenge them early and potentially give them some some quality wins um, as, as we kind of move into the season to look back on. Jacob Adela is with us. Uh, does Phoenix get it done tomorrow? I really hope so. I, I think even stressing. It's, it's gonna come down. <laughs> well, um, we got AAU starting up next weekend, so I need to need to get this uh, series out of the way so I can worry about coaching uh, this weekend, not have to worry about Game Seven. But um, I, it's gonna come down to whether or not Monty, Chris Paul, Devin Booker in particular, are able to kind of see what uh, the Clippers are doing, see where they're going wrong, and make the adjustments because it's uh, th- there are definitely some things that the Suns have to change. They're kind of falling into some traps uh, and, and not playing particularly well uh, and not adjusting well to what Teron Lou is throwing at them. So if, if they are able to make kind of that next chess move and come back, review the film, and, and tweak a few things to kind of get back to how they were playing earlier in the series, then I think they've got a really good chance to close this out. They're, they're two for two on closing out series on the road so far. So hopefully they're, they're able to keep that uh, kind of trend going here. Jacob, have a great week. Thanks for the time today. Awesome to hear from you. Yep, always fun. Take care. There he is, Jacob Bedillo's with us. We'll check in with Coach Kaz next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a Tuesdays with Kaz chat. Rick Kaczynski, coach at Nebraska and Iowa with us. Kaz, have you, you loaded up on fireworks yet? Nah, 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 nah. No fireworks for me, brother. So I'll let somebody else I'll let somebody else handle that, man. I like my I like my fingers and my uh, my face. So uh, I, I I stand from a distance. Keep my kids at a distance and uh, let some other clown handle that stuff. What was the uh, the uh, the options like in Erie as a youth when it comes to well, firework choices? Oh, I had a buddy, Mark Fetzner, whose old man sold illegal fireworks out of his garage there on Woodlawn Ave. So, oh, no. Yeah, Woodlawn, uh, rough, rough, uh, rough town, rough part of town, but my man uh, – they wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave. So it got bad around them, but nobody ever messed with the Fetzners. So, uh, yeah, it just got a little. And in Pennsylvania, they don't mess around with that stuff back then. You know, um, you'd go over you'd go over the Ohio border, get some stuff. But uh, PA, it was pretty much sparklers and, and bottle rockets. But uh, we went to uh, – where did we go? We'd go – there's a uh, Catholic college there, Mercyhurst. Yeah, you go sit up, sit up on the hill with your girlfriend, watch the works there, or uh, down at the peninsula on the beach. So, yeah, always a good time. You know, Lake Town, mm-hmm. um, short summer, so always something going on. But yeah, plenty, plenty to do, plenty to do as a youngster near EPA, brother. M80s, cherry bombs. I mean, I'm sure the 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 Fetchner neighbors had the selection. Oh yeah, nobody was messing with them though. They also had Rottweilers and guns, so uh, that was a that was a deterrent. <laughs> you just said Rottweilers and guns. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. What do you need, Kaz? I got. I'll sell you a gross for a hundred bucks. God bless him. Oh wow, Rick Kaczynski is with us. So we're not going to dive further into Fourth of July fair. We will move on. Well, keeping with the fireworks theme, uh, Kaz, uh, Bill Moose. Uh, I'm air quoting. You can't see me retired. Um, his retirement will be official tomorrow. But a uh, short run as AD at Nebraska, but a, a pretty memorable run when we talk hires. And uh, let me ask you this. As you look back, and you were part of Nebraska, you're also part of Iowa, and, of course, Notre Dame and South Carolina. What, what's, what's the, I guess, wish list for, for a coach when it comes to an athletic director? Oh, I think, Schmidt, it's all the way around. I mean, unfortunately, I saw it. I saw it as a, uh, I saw it as a player too, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I saw Dick Rosenthal, who was a hoop player at Notre Dame and uh, longtime administrator. He was he was the AD. He was the AD at Notre Dame for a majority of my career there. And, uh, you know, he come out, he was, he was a guy's guy, mm-hmm. you know, cigar smoking on the field, you know, knew you by name, just, it was understood football was the front porch mm-hmm. of, of the program of the athletic department. And, uh, you know, and, and gave every single coach, uh, on all sides, what they needed to be successful mm-hmm. and we saw a saw an ad that came in 
that, uh, you know, butted heads with the head coach and cut budgets and made life hard and, and all that stuff trickles down. It's no different than, uh, no different than any type of business. And, you know, as a, the great thing about Iowa, you never had to worry about it. You know, it's one less thing you have to worry about. I mean, it's just hard enough as it is trying to win games, recruit, you know, just function daily when you got 130, 150 guys in your program, you got a lot of stuff going on. You, you don't need to be looking over your shoulder wondering, you know, you know, if this guy's got your back or not. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get Gary Barta. You know, you saw him in our Monday. Him and Kirk met 6 a.m. every Monday. Every Monday brought brought Starbucks over for Kirk. And, you know, can Kirk left, you know, um, we were abreast of what was going on. You know, what we needed to do. It's a clear vision. Everybody rowing in the same place. And, and that's uh, – so we never had to worry about that. I never was worried about the AD or whether there was any support or whether he wanted his guy. He had his guy. His guy was Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right, and we were Kirk's guys. So, you know, you don't have – you never had to worry about losing your job with Kirk. You know, you did it. You did your job. You were safe. That's all you had to worry about. And, and that was the great thing. And obviously, when I came to Nebraska, um, you know, part of it was because Coach Osborne was there uh, in, in, in Bo's contract. You're always looking at head coach's contract. You're also looking at the type of guy the head coach is. I was fortunate that I worked for guys that would help you before they put you on the street. They, they took a responsibility that they hired you, and, you know, they didn't just hire you. They brought your family there, too. So I was very fortunate that I – I, I worked for guys with scruples that took that into account. Never, I was never, ever, ever worried about losing my job at either place um, based on my performance and how the, the head coaches viewed me. So, you know, obviously Bo and Kirk rock solid contracts, so I felt very safe. And then with Coach Osborne there and the relationship, he, you know, you saw Coach Osborne. He was on the second floor a lot. You know, you, you could have a conversation with him. You know, you could talk to him. Um, he was visible. And you don't have to be visible every single day to know that you have support. You know, and Coach Osborne, he wasn't at practice every day. He didn't need to be. He was, you know, we knew he had our back. And I think he was great for Bo because, you know, that was one guy that could sit down and but with Bo and say, hey, you know, maybe we can do this a little bit better. Maybe we could do this a little bit different. And, you you know, you were going to listen to that guy because of the respect you had for him, his track record, and also the support that he gave you. So it was a completely different feel. And I could tell you, I, there's no way in hell I would have left Iowa knowing that not only Sean Eichhorst, but any new AD that would be replacing Coach Osborne. So as soon as that happens, man, you're always you're always looking over your shoulder. And when you do that, it's it never it never goes well. It just never goes well. You you mentioned and, and laid out the responsibilities and stresses that are are part of coaching now you love it so it's not like you you don't understand that it's part of the gig but there's a laundry list of things you got to do to to make sure Saturdays are successful you know during the week and then outside of the season right between recruiting and development and your your individual times and then gearing up and, and having a good uh, good focus and ability for Saturday. And then when the chain of command gets ruffled and shaken, um, 
I can only imagine that that factor that uh, that factored into to just even more more stresses when it's a uh, you know you're you're in the Big Ten and it feels like it's a seven to ten point game every Saturday anyway. And now you got a new boss that you don't know if he's there to to support you or if he's there to make a change. Well, absolutely, and also it's a uh, it's a pretty small fraternity, and it doesn't take long. It didn't take doesn't take too many phone calls to coaches around the country to find out what this guy's about. Like, is this, is, is this a guy's guy? Is this a football guy? Mm-hmm. Or is this a, is this a, is this a, a, a guy that's looking at numbers? You know, is this a guy that's, that's coming in looking, you know, that, that uh, more concerned about his legacy than, uh, than everybody else's. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it, 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 it doesn't take long and it doesn't take long to figure out whether they're on your side or not. And quite frankly, even before you, you can figure that out even before the hire, because at most power five schools, you can't tell me, well, I mean, I, well, I can tell you that the head football coach at the power five school at a, any power five school is involved with, I wouldn't say involved with the hiring, but made abreast of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that they're not kept in the dark and we were all, you know, Bo was completely kept in the dark. So, you know, that kind of, we, we knew, we knew, you know, we knew what the deal was and, and quite frankly, so did, so did the players, man. You know, these guys are, yeah, they're educated. They're way more uh, aware than we were back in the, you know, eighties and nineties. These guys, you know, it was like you were an independent contractor, on campus now it's 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 hard to hide things from players anymore and and they see it so um yeah that's the that's the tough that's the tough part about it you know your, your job's hard enough which is fine i mean hey don't feel bad for any coaches i mean we're you know it's we're we're, high, we're 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 teaching gym class and getting paid handsomely and getting free gear and all you know mm-hmm. don't ever feel bad for a coach but but you know you just go and you, you just like to know that, Hey, where, where you're at, you, you got, you got people that are rowing the boat in the same direction. And you, instead of trying to find something wrong or trying to find a reason. And I think when you look at uh, Bill Moose's tenure, I, I, I think he gave every program, everything they needed to be to be successful. You know, if, if the programs aren't successful moving forward, it, it's not Bill Moose. I mean, hell he, he hired who everybody wanted. And, uh, you know, and he's given them everything they need to be to be successful. So, uh, heck, I would I would have loved to have the opportunity to work for a guy like that because he's a guy. He's a guy's guy. I mean, you know, and like I said, you don't have to be visible to uh, to feel supported, you know, especially in college athletics. So um, I think that um, I think that guy did a lot for Nebraska. And, uh, you know, now it's, now it's up to the coaches, but yeah, it's as a coach, as a player, anytime you have uh, a turnover like that, it's, you know, instability is not, not good for business and college athletics is big business. It's, it's not good. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail varsity radio morph with Kaz coming up. We'll uh, get his take on the, uh, the opening. Also what's uh, going to happen here this fall and, that is the prequel to The Sopranos. Big Sopranos guy. Kaz is uh, a big mafia guy. Loves that genre. 
Yeah, yeah you'd be careful with the words. <laughs> He's a big mafia guy. He's a big mafia mafia enthusiast. We, we had a we had a mafia <laughs> we had a mafia segment or show earlier this spring. He loves it, and uh, I don't think you can call him a mafia guy. I think you have to call him an enthusiast. I said, I said enthusiast. Okay. He's a mafia <laughs> <you> enthusiast. <laughs> but Kaz fired up. Uh, we'll get his take on the uh, the young Tony Soprano. You got the new trailer out for the prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark. And uh, throughout the series with The Sopranos, you, you had the the reference to Dickie Moltisante. That's Christopher's dad. This kind of dives into that influence. Ray Liotta's in it. So I'm excited to check it out. We'll have some more with Coach Kaczynski on uh, Nebraska, the AD search. Tale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot, pre-teen Swedish boy. Rick Chizinski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're, we're talking transition in the athletic department to Nebraska in search of a new AD as Bill Moose retires tomorrow. And uh, I think you nailed it, Kaz, with the fact that the names that ended up coming to Lincoln were the names that a number of folks, boosters, fans, everyone that cheers for the program wanted. And you've had immediate success with, with Will Bolton baseball, got Hoiberg. So I think that, that year three, you could see it pop for Husker basketball with with the talent they've been bringing in. Football has been close in a lot of games, but hasn't finished. They're needing to, to have kind of a breakthrough season. Nobody looks at it that way, as you know, Schmitty. You, yeah. you, you know, at the end of the season, it's 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 black and white. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, you won or you lost. And and that's great. I mean, it, we're talking Nebraska here, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball, I love Will Bolt, love his team. I mean, gosh, dang it, love it. You know, I think Fred's a great hire. Who else are you going to get better than, than than Fred, right? And I think he's building that thing correctly. But let's be honest, if baseball and, and basketball doesn't do well and football is competing for the West and playing in Big Ten championships, everything's okay. And obviously, John Cook's going to take care of business like he always does. So, you know, everything's okay in Huskerville. It all comes down to football. You know, when you go down to Tallahassee or, or Dallas and you got a, a block N on your chest and it's white and, you know, on a red background, you know, people aren't people aren't talking about Nebraska basketball. And I, I like all, all college sports. I love Fred. Um, but it it's comes down to football getting it done. And it's it's yeah, that that's really you gotta win gotta win football games, man. You know, that's that's the front porch of the of your program. That's what people associate Nebraska with. So and it's not only you know, it's how you're doing it, even losing, quite frankly, how you lose it. And, you know, and I think that's what's this is this is a huge year. And, you know, I'll be uh, I'll play conspiracy theorist and get everybody pissed off at me in the athletic department. But Ronnie Green couldn't have the A.D. that fired Frost if that happens be the guy who hires the next coach but also i think just the timing of it i just i don't i don't understand it you just leave yourself open for for criticism you leave yourself open for for rumors you leave yourself open for people to be able to throw throw darts at you i mean let's be honest i mean look bill moose it's it's documented the things he has said it didn't sound like a guy that wouldn't be here 
on uh, you know June 28th, June 29th, right. not being the AD at Nebraska. And this guy here is the AD on third on a Thursday afternoon, and by Saturday morning he's herding cattle on a ranch in Montana. That 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 doesn't make that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, man. What do you think it was? I don't want to say an incident, but was there a final straw, something, some way that that expedited this thing? I, I'm not going to do that to anybody. Speculate. Mm-hmm. I, I've been on that end. It's like everything else, you know. You look at a message board and the things that people say about guys they met, coaches, players that they've never met. I'm not going to speculate on on that, mm-hmm. um, quite frankly. But you know what, Schmitty? It's hard not to for everybody when it when it goes down like that when it goes down in the middle of summer and i think it's just human nature nobody's thinking that this is a positive in my opinion that that this happened because of something good behind it i think everybody's looking at it like okay there's something there people are able to put chinks in your armor then you know well what's what's that something okay well fill in the blanks and you got a lot of people in the big 10 probably fill in the blanks it's real easy because it 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 was man people used it against us to trying to recruit kids you got kids that are committed and you got coaches from other schools hey man those the guy who recruiting you he's not going to be there they got a new ad this ad doesn't want him here all you got to do is look at the press con this ad doesn't like him this ad wants his guy that's how it works so you know, it just makes it, it just makes it, uh, you just open yourself, you open the door, you open the door up for, for, for a lot of things when it goes down like this. Um, you know, and obviously with, 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 uh, with Bill Moose saying apparently the right time, I mean, yeah, that's a, now, that's a smoke signal there, man. He fired up a flare. Yeah. And he just doesn't seem like the type of guy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's be honest, once again, right? I mean, hey, it's Nebraska. If there was an incident, everybody would know. I mean, every big every, small every, town. Every, every, yeah. yeah. And and I and I hate that. I, I hate that. I hate that because I've I don't talk to many people there. You know about football. Mm-hmm. You know, got a lot of friends back there. But let me tell everybody I've talked to since last Friday, they got they got a theory. And none of them are good. None of them are a positive reflection of the people or the or the program. And mm-hmm. and that's why it's never good when you when you have this, when, especially the way it went down. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, before we go, were you a big Sopranos guy? Yeah, early on I was broke then. That was when I was GA and had no money, so I think I, uh, you know, watched it on those free weekends. You get HBO. But, <laughs> no, uh, same, yeah. same. I, I found a neighbor, the other Mike Riley, that we'd grill steaks, and I'd go over to his house on Sunday night, so I didn't have to get the subscription. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of my favorite shows. The prequels coming out here this uh, this fall. Is it something that you're interested in? I think that's a movie, right? Is it a yes, movie? Yes, it's, it's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I just you know I like that you know, that era, whether it's you you know, late 60s, 70s. Um, I was, uh, matter of fact, uh, was up about four in the morning about a week ago. I had the old French connection on. So, you know, that's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My daughter, she, it was funny. It was, I DVR'd it. And she thought it had something to do with a French bulldog. So I came upstairs <laughs> in our bonus room. You know, there's no basements in the South. Mm. So, you know, everything's upstairs. You, you wouldn't like it, Schmidt. You don't, you, it's, hard, it's hard taking chicken wings and beer up the stairs, you know. <laughs> so I miss, I miss my, uh, I miss my basement, my, uh, 
my my smetter built home uh-huh. that walkout basement look at was, you uh, shouting out <laughs> oh man my man smetter he's the man that dude's awesome went to Bring high school went to high school with him was it a good time oh best uh, guy guy builds and backs it i mean that that dude was taking care of stuff for us four years after we moved in he was unbelievable but anyway um yeah so uh I go, what are you watching? And she's like, is this a show about French bulldogs? I said, no, no, sweetie. I said, well, we'll get you. Well, how about we watch funniest videos or something? Yeah. So, uh, but you don't, you yeah, don't need I'll... to know about Popeye yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, looking forward. Yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to a little, uh, 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 what's the show Kevin Costner's in here? Uh, what on the rant? What's the uh, Yellowstone? Yes, yeah. yeah. I need to start yeah. that. I need to start that. I haven't oh. started it yet. Oh, you're, you, are you kidding me? You might be the you might be the only uh, male in America that uh, that hasn't partaken in that. That's a unbelievable show. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll you'll watch about three episodes and you'll go get you a sawed off shotgun a horse and want to go buy a place out in montana yeah you it's one of those shows you're like god why, why am i not a rancher that's pretty so good. uh yeah you'll you'll love it you'll get into that so but uh <laughs> yeah sopranos you know i i could i could watch uh any episode but i'm not one of those uh, i can't tell you any episode mm-hmm. but if it's on i'd watch it for sure but yeah looking forward to that movie that, that i saw the uh i saw the trailer of it i'm 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 liking it i'm liking it Kaz, you have a good fourth with the family, brother. We'll get caught up next week. Thanks for the time today. You got it, brother. Thank you. Gotta love Kaz, the uh, the neighbor that had the illegal fireworks. And thoughts on Bill Moose. We'll wind down a Tuesday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Tuesday. Good stuff. Mitch Sherman, Rick Kaczynski, Jacob Padilla. Tomorrow, Gary Barnett, Barney will join us. We'll also have Phil Steele on, get his prognostication and prediction on Nebraska football. What's he think of the Big Red in 2021? Can find our show, uh, three different uh, platforms when it comes to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And if you're jumping in on iTunes, give us a review, good, bad, or ugly. Tell us what you think. Love hearing your feedback and your uh, ratings. Keep the tweets and emails coming for interaction. Phone lines open, as always, for you as well with Hale Varsity Radio. So, busy show tomorrow. Good stuff today. And uh, check out that Ronnie Green uh, sit-down with the World Herald if you feel like reading up on on where things are at. Uh, lo- loved Mitch Sherman's takes and insight as to the, the reality of, uh, of uh, Jamie Pollard. For Nebraska, you want to catch that interview, ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand section, or uh, Hail Varsity uh, slash Heard at the podcast where you can find it, and, uh, of course, the ESPN Twitter feed. So is it wrong for me to, to fire up Street Tacos a second straight day? We had great Street Tacos last night. We caught up with Nitro and, and Katie, dear friends of mine. 
We uh, we had street tacos and beer last night. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want some more shrimp tacos. More shrimp tacos. Okay, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going... You, That's like the healthier choice, right? I, I would agree. See, I always go for the uh, the carnitas. With- See, I, I think what you had last night looked good. And let's be honest, dude. It, it sounds all well and good to, to make your own. But you can't, for what you spend on street tacos, make it at home. The question with street tacos is they feel healthier than like a burrito just because it's so much less tortilla. But the question is, is, is it actually? It feels fresher, too, when they get that like I think if I cilantro get, on if there. If I get a like a grilled shrimp taco, fish, you know, shrimp, mm-hmm. I think that's better. I think the amount of beer I've drank between road shows and the weekend in Iowa is is problematic. I can do this fasting diet all day long, but it ain't going to keep leaning me up if I'm if I'm crushing beers. So I might have to switch to tequila. Is what I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's your salute. Go to go to go to some uh, some Michelob Ultras. Those yeah, I tried. They're only ninety what ninety five calories each. I need what I need to have happen. White Claw. Go for the White no, Claw. No, punch me in the face if that ever happens. What I need <laughs> to have happen. I mean, I can drink Corona Premier. Yeah. But there's less, there's less flavor in the Corona Premier. I know. I need a Modelo or a Dos Equis or a Pacifico. What were the beers we were having last night? Uh, the s- something Jalisco. Oh, it's great. They were awesome. And I'm sure they weren't, you know, two gar- you know, two carbs or whatever, two points off your yeah, carb diet. The Estrella Jalisco. <laughs> those were awesome. Those were so good. We need to find those. I feel like they have them around. You just get a bucket of them pre-show meeting <laughs> out on the back porch <laughs> is that a firework no no a meth lab just exploded behind the fence <laughs> <Trailer> park. <laughs> oh. oh man probably can't make that joke it's all right we'll be back tomorrow more comedy uh thanks for checking in with hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery